Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good whatever it may be for you right now. This is Lose the Taboo on Mental Health with Jared Cash. Buckle up, get ready, we going for a ride. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. It's hard to believe that it's already the month of April. Absolutely crazy how fast this this year is flying. Um, really excited about this episode here today. I've got one of my good friends that's joining us on this episode. His name is Ben Hammock. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Hey, you're welcome, man. Yeah, so I've been friends with Ben. We were childhood friends, and he moved a little bit here and there, but we were able to stay connected throughout all of it. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Ben, and then I'll give him uh, time to do the same. But Ben is a children's pastor in Kansas. Uh, He's a rapper. He's a former college athlete. And he is absolutely hilarious. And you'll see that in this podcast. Uh, One of my favorite things about Ben, though, is when we were in high school, he could take his shirt off faster than anyone I know. In less than a second, he could take his shirt off. I forgot about that. So... Uh, I would love to get a video of that sometime, but it was the most impressive thing that I've ever seen before. I don't know if you're still doing that at all. I'm definitely not doing that. And and first of all, man, look, I'm a retired rapper. You didn't say that. <laughs> okay. So don't, don't pressure me. Okay. We've been over this, but you know, I used to wear, maybe it was because I used to be a rapper, uh, quote unquote, but I would wear like three XL t-shirts cause that was like the cool thing to do. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of room in those shirts. You could just grab it by the sleeve and just just yank it off of there. So, yeah, I totally forgot about that. That was like the the coolest thing to do at like youth camp. It's yeah, just like all right, guys. That was the all highlight. The, all the guys get together and just see who can rip their shirt off in one swooping motion. I don't know. It's a thing. <laughs> it was a thing. One of the best things about youth camp for sure. But hey, Ben, tell us a little bit about. Your wife, tell us anything else that I left off of that list. Go for it, man. Yeah, so um, I I am in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, I have been a children's pastor here for um, almost two years now. Uh, my wife and I, Allie uh, is her name. She, she moved here to Manhattan right after I did, um, right after we got married. It was basically a really crazy thing that happened. Um, we were engaged before COVID. Um, and so right before COVID we were on the phone, we were like FaceTiming and we were like, I miss you so much. Cause she was living in Georgia at the time I was living here in Manhattan and we're just looking forward to getting married. And then all this COVID stuff starts happening and we're like, wow, maybe I should just, you know, take a plane and meet you there in Georgia and just get married real quick. And then we'll be totally married whenever it's time for you to get here. And if they shut everything down soon, then we'll be fine. Right. So we were kind of just joking around, but then like two days later, the the state of Georgia was like, yeah, we're probably going to shut everything down. And that we thought included like flights and stuff like that. So, um, I was like asking for permission from my bosses and stuff to go, you know, get married to my fiance <laughs> at the time. And I was like, is this weird? Is this like wrong to do this? And they're like, no, that's a good idea. Cause everything might shut down. Um, so we kind of eloped on uh, March 16th <laughs> and, um, it worked out great because, um, I don't think, well, we ended up canceling our normal wedding. And yeah. so really right at the beginning of our wedding and at the beginning of, 
um, my job here in Kansas, uh, which required me to ask my at the time fiance to move from Georgia to Kansas, even though we weren't even married yet. She had to commit to that. (laughs) And so um, just kind of a crazy time in my life, but it's definitely been the the best year of my life being married to Allie and um, being here in Manhattan where where I really consider home now. Um, mm. Even though I've only been here for the last couple of years, I actually went to college here for about five years at Manhattan Christian College. And so um, Manhattan is actually the place that I've lived in the longest amount of time, which sounds crazy. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, definitely going to get some good props. You were very sweet about Allie, so I'm sure she's going to enjoy listening to that. <laughs> hey, so can you share a little bit about uh, your journey with, with mental illness? Before before that, really quick, I wanted to say I've been really looking forward to Ben coming on because he's hilarious, of course, like I said, but he's got a neat perspective because he has worked in church ministry in different churches, and so there's going to be some neat perspectives that he'll be able to bring to the table in this conversation. And so really looking forward to that. But before we dive into that, just want to know a little bit about your journey. You know, what battles of mental illness have you faced? When did it start? Yeah. Um, well, I definitely have like, uh, there's a few people in my family who've always struggled with anxiety. Um, and as we've gotten older, that's kind of come out more. But for me, I've struggled with anxiety very in very small amounts, um, just probably just your average experience. But, um, depression is one of the things that I've had to deal with my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as ADHD, which is, I guess, almost more, more common, um, of a diagnosis. Um, I particularly think it's overdiagnosed, especially in like young boys. Yeah. Um, so my whole life, I kind of had some seasonal depression and just like situational depression, um, as well as ADHD and didn't realize any of that until like eighth grade, we started figuring out, okay, maybe, you know, let's talk to the doctor about, do you have like ADD or ADHD? And I tested really high for both. Um, Mm. and I took medication for some of high school, um, and most of college for ADHD. And so I've had a lot of ups and downs just with that for, especially for academics and just like how I learn and how I really live my life um, is, has a lot to do with like the way that my brain is wired. Um, and then depression is something that growing up, I just figured, well, it's, it's nothing that needs, you know, medical attention or any kind of prescriptions or any kind of attention other than just get over it kind of deal. Um, and it wasn't really till really middle of college like I was probably like a sophomore in college when I started realizing like oh depression is something that has been affecting me for a long time like Mm. I was taking a college class about like mental health awareness and about um like how you can um basically it's it's basically like a, a psychology class for people going into ministry yeah it helps you realize the stuff that people are going through and how to kind of minister through them uh minister to them through that and mostly it's like, hey, y'all aren't actually even trained for this. So here's how you just need to get somebody who is trained to walk somebody through this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I learned a ton about that in college. And I was like, wow. So I actually, depression is like, you know, that that helps me put a finger on a lot of things that I've been feeling and dealing with for as long as I can remember, like, you know, probably elementary school. So um, I've really been dealing with that my whole life. I've never had like a, um, I've never been medicated for it. 
um, to me, it kind of, the way that it affects me is really seasonal. Um, and the weather actually has a huge, uh, impact on it. I was just talking to Jared about how certain areas of the country, like I don't want to move there ever because (laughs) the weather is consistently rainy or just not as sunny or whatever it is. Um, so I think weather actually affects, um, people's mental state more often than they might realize. But for me, it's one of those things where it kind of, it kind of will pass. Um, I can kind of be depressed for about a week. Um, and then it'll kind of pass and it never, I have never sunk so low that I've, you know, had thoughts of like harming myself significantly or anything like that. Uh, thank the Lord, but it does just kind of affect a lot of different things throughout my, my day and that kind of thing. And like how I interact with others, how I work and and stuff like that. So that's kind of a wordy overview of, of, uh, how depression has affected me. So. No, thank you for sharing that. I'm really glad that you did. Uh, would you say that in those those seasons, in those times where you do feel depressed, do you feel like uh, you can sense it coming on, or does it just kind of hit you out of nowhere? Yeah, so I usually, so I cannot sense it coming on whatsoever, um, and usually don't know it's happening until it's already been happening. Um, whether that's a few days, whether mm. that's a few hours into the day. Um, that kind of thing. And it's usually, um, I mean, I've had depressive times in my life over like weeks. Um, but then I've had, you know, just a few days where I'm just like in a funk and I'm kind of like, what is going on? And I can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I can kind of acknowledge it, but I can't do anything about it. And so it's just a real challenge. It's kind of like, you know, this is going to be happening. So how do I do everything while this is happening? Yeah. And it's really easy before or after to to have that answer, but then in the actual period where you're dealing with it, it's a lot harder to, yeah, to actually sure. make things happen. Definitely. Uh, so can you provide a little bit of insight uh, on what it's been like working in churches while having mental illness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so working in, in – I've worked in – well – I think I'm on my fifth church. Um, I've worked full time in, I believe, three churches now, um, but I've worked in like five or six churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, it really depends on the work environment. Because I say I've worked in all these church environments. None of them have been the same. None of them have even been close to the same type of dynamic, really. Um, where I'm at now is a really great um, work environment for me because I, I share an office with somebody who is my direct supervisor. Um, and I have like two feet away is the office door to both of our like head supervisor. And we can all talk. We're all together all the time and I'm extroverted and that's really good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, being around people is really helpful for me. Um, and then we just have a really, really positive work environment. Our staff is really close. We have a staff of like I don't know. We have a lot of people on staff, but, um, we're all pretty close and we can talk to each other about stuff like this. Um, so I really, when I first came on, I, I had these tough conversations, you know, about, um, how things kind of are in my life, how I work, that kind of thing. And they, I was really comfortable with, you know, the staff and, um, kind of talked to them about my past and my history and a lot of things have not gone well in ministry work environments for me. Um, and some of that was regarding mental health. So I say all that to say that 
um, the current situation that I'm in is really great um, for me. Awesome. And then um, I have had situations that have not been as healthy for me. So um, really to, to put things pretty bluntly, I was in a situation where um, I was kind of going through, you know, I just thought, you know, my performance at work must not be that good. You know, I keep, you know, these things aren't, aren't going well for me and I'm, I'm still working hard, but things aren't going well. And, um, I had really high expectations placed on me by the pastor that I was working under. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was kind of like, well, I need to maybe see some changes in how we're doing things so that I can operate a little bit better. And, um, I was kind of looked at in that situation as like, no, you're just not doing a good enough job. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to figure out why. So I was like, all right, I need to figure out why I'm not doing a good enough job. And I'm like, well, I think this is some of the depression stuff. Like if I just sit back and look at this and this situation that I'm in kind of right now, just, I was kind of overworking. Um, I was kind of being asked to overwork and it wasn't a really healthy work life balance. And, um, there's just a lot of things that, that go into it that really like a counselor would tell you or somebody who is an expert on depression would say, don't do, uh, five of these things that you are definitely doing, which would be working really long weeks, not really hanging out with anybody, mm. um, other than like coworkers. So I had really no friends where I was at. Um, and just really having high expectations placed on me. Um, and so I, I went to this pastor and I was like, look, you know, I want to do better and stuff. I think I'm really depressed. I may need some time to just work through this and see a counselor and, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to, you know, put in some requests to, to get in as a patient in some, some places here. And what this guy actually said to me was, well, I'll just tell them, I'll just tell you what they'd tell you and they'll tell you this. Yeah. They'll tell you this. Well, they'll say, um, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And I'm like, I I don't know about that. You know, like this guy is not a mental health expert or a counselor or a doctor. Um, he was a preacher for sure. But, um, I was just kind of like, well, I think I should probably still do this. And he was like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, kind of deal. But I actually, I didn't really last long in that, in that place. I eventually was basically forced into resigning. Um, and it was, it did not go well. Um, and that was only part of it. So we can just leave it at at that as far as that goes. But that was uh, the example of the unhealthy environment for somebody who's going through depression or, or really any kind of, um, mental like unhealth that they're dealing with. And really, I, I would say, a pretty mild case, um, at the time, what I was going through now, after I was, you know, forced into quitting, basically, that was one of the bigger, uh, depressive episodes of my life. Um, and so I, I was able to work through that and I was with family a lot during that. And so, um, that was definitely unfortunate, but I've come a long way since then. That was a few years ago. And it's been really interesting to see not only how I've kind of learned a ton of things about how I react or um, how I deal with things or, you know, what to do in certain situations to have a healthier lifestyle to help my my brain, my body, everything to to work really well. But it's been really cool to see just what God has done with me um, Mm. that really I was there. I was there in a bad situation, like for a purpose, like that actually served a purpose, even though it really sucked. Um, 
And so at the time it was tough. And even like a year afterwards, I was like, why would that have ever happened to me? Yeah. Um, but it's really been cool to see like what the Lord has done with me through all that. Um, and it's really made me have a lot more faith um, and, and trust in God to just be where you're at and, you know, make good decisions, put yourself in the right position. But um, there's always, you know, there's always something that I can gain and learn and then become stronger from, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm sorry to hear that, man, the experience that you had, you know, there, there may be a lot of people that are listening that can relate in some, some way they may not work in a church. They may, uh, but having to deal and battle mental illness, something that's not a choice, but having obstacles in the workplace, you know, and having yeah. to work through that and maybe not having a supervisor who understands maybe doesn't battle mental illness and isn't willing to work with the person. And so that's, I'm sure a big challenge and people, you know, may have felt part of that in, in their work experience. What would be your, now that you've walked through that, what would be your encouragement to them? If, if someone were to say, you know, that's where I am right now where I feel like I'm not necessarily in the, best state of mind and I don't feel like I'm getting the support I need. I know it's a really yeah. big question, but what would be your encouragement? Um, so this is tough. Like this, this is tough to do and much easier to say. Um, but I really think I did the right thing by just saying, Hey, this might be depression. I've struggled with this before. Um, I would like to find out, I would like for you to walk through me or walk through this with me and it kind of helped me find out. Um, and just always be honest, especially mm. when it's something that is affecting like work performance. Um, always be honest. And sometimes maybe even confront like your employer, your boss, your supervisor and say like, you know, maybe some of the things that we're doing here at work are actually contributing to um, an unhealthy way to live. Essentially, you know, maybe people and a big thing for a lot of people is just working way too much. If you're working yeah. like 12, 14, 16 hour days and not having a lot of like time for self care, then you are, you're going to find yourself in the, you know, a, a tough spot mentally, whether you're struggling, you know, severely with anxiety or depression or not, it's just not healthy. Um, and so that happens to a lot of people, especially young people. Like I was young in my career when this was happening. So I was just like, I want to work hard. Working yeah. hard should be my number one instinct. And so, um, that actually just kind of made things worse. And I was actually, you know, I was working super hard. I was being super productive. I was super proud of myself because of how awesome I was doing in some <laughs> way, uh, some, some areas. Yeah. Um, but really I think the best thing now, what I might have done and what people are probably going to think, well, if I do this in my situation, I'm almost accelerating my departure from this place. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to get fired or, or let go or, forced to resign, manipulated into resigning. Cause that's ultimately what happened to me. And I really do think that I probably contributed to that happening faster. However, if that's the case, if you're in an unhealthy work environment, the best thing to do is to get out of that, um, for your longevity, like maybe you're going to make less money or maybe it's not as prestigious of a job kind of thing, but for your own mental health, the best thing to do might actually be to find another job or to really test, you know, the true colors of 
the organization that you're with or the leaders that you're under and, and just see how they would actually treat you in that way. Um, because if you're not being treated fairly or properly or just with like basic kindness and understanding and empathy, then you might want to be at a different place anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's really courageous what you did, Ben, standing up for yourself or at least just having the having the the wisdom and knowing, hey, I need to I need to first of all, just seek some help and being honest. That's really courageous. And sometimes it does take stepping away or eventually not being a part of the organization. You know, for me, mine wasn't an unhealthy work environment, but I just got to the place where my mental health wasn't in a very good place when I was pastoring. And as hard as it was, and it's still hard, you know, I stepped away and that ended up being what I needed to be able to have a season where I could heal and I could just re-energize myself mentally. And so I don't think we put enough emphasis on taking care of ourselves mentally like you said, I think lots yeah. of times we put that on the back burner and we we think, hey, I've got to have this mindset of I've got to work more. I've got to climb up the ladder. I've got to do this or that to please the people. And we want to work hard. Not that we want to be lazy. We want to work hard. But there comes a point when it's not healthy of going, man, I got to trust God. I got to be courageous, whatever that looks like. And that could look a lot of different ways. What would you say has helped you? So now you're in a healthy work environment, working for a church and what kind of support do you feel like you're getting there? Um, well, the first thing really, like ever since I met my wife, Allie, um, my life has had a lot more structure and health in general. That's great. Um, so I'm in a, a much better place. Um, in fact, I remember talking to you one time, um, when we were, you were in ministry. Um, I was in ministry. I think I was a youth pastor, like part-time and, I came and spoke at your church yeah. or something like that. Uh, this would have been like um, probably in Austin or, or I was in San Antonio yeah, I was at the in time. Austin. And I was like, I was like, man, just be thankful that you, you have a wife with you. Like you have a best friend with you at all times. And I'm, I was in the season of like really wanting to have that and not, not having it. And I still had to search for several more years until God really hooked me up <laughs> big time um, when I met Allie. And so, I remember telling you, I was like, bro, don't take that for granted. Like it's lonely <laughs> out here. Um, it's really hard to do ministry when you're not married. Um, and when you have to move around, I pretty much moved every year of my life. Now, not on my own like choice. Sometimes you get forced to resign and you know, you got to move again. Um, but I was so used to it that I was like, that's not the, you know, the biggest problem I'm going to have. The biggest problem I'm going to have is finding, you know, the right place for me, um, to not only fit in, but like just have like the proper environment for me to thrive. Um, so fast forward to me meeting Allie, that really helped a lot. Um, I really kind of just knew that I'm the type of person who really needs to get married. I know that the Bible talks about like some people should get married. Uh, some people, you know, don't, it's actually going to hinder you maybe. Um, and I, I've known from a young age that like, I'm the type of person who needs to have a life partner, uh, and my wife has been such an awesome best friend to have. Um, and really ever since marrying her, like things have gotten really awesome for me. Um, so part of it is her. The other part is I got really lucky or really blessed or however you want to say it, because, uh, just a friend that I had was like, Hey, you should apply for mm -hmm. this job, um, as a children's minister. 
And I was like, you know, I'm not sure I want to move back to Kansas. You know, um, I don't want to even try to see if this is the right environment, really. Like my first instinct was there's no way this environment's going to be good for me. Um, there's no way this, you know, is going to be actually what I actually want to do. Um, but I had this inkling. I was like, I got to at least try. Um, because the, the church that I'm working at, um, it's, it's a really great church here in Manhattan. And I knew about it from just going to college here. And, um, they've had a pastor for a while since I was, uh, in college. He was, he was new at that time and he did a really great job in the years that I was gone, just, um, building the church and growing it and, um, getting a lot of great people on board. And one of those people being my friend who said, Hey, you Mm. should apply for this. And so I went into the situation thinking, well, I'll say no, this will be good practice for interviewing. And really like to kind of give more frame of reference for this, I'm not your typical like children's pastor. Like a lot of people, when they think children's pastor, they think, you know, a 40 year old woman who has kids or maybe she doesn't, but she's really organized and knows how to put crafts together and, you know, knows how to plan VBS and stuff like that. Like I'm (laughs) none of those things. So I'm a really like unique, um, kind of just weird hybrid pastor minister of young people. Basically, uh, I got all these weird skills. I do, I make random, I make songs, I make videos. Um, I get on stage and play characters. I preach and I lead small groups and I train small group leaders. I do all this really, really random stuff. And I figured, well, it's going to be really, really hard to find, you know, a spot that actually wants me to do all of these things that I'm good at and not as many things that I'm not Mm -hmm. good at. So I go into this job interview thinking they're going to ask me to do stuff I'm not good at. I'm just going to be real with them and be like, I'm not good at that, but here's what I am good at. And if that's not a fit, that's not a fit. Everything's fine. So they bring me in and they're like, um, we already have a person who does like, you know, organization. Um, she's a mom who all of her kids are, um, out of college at this point. Most of them are getting married and, you know, she's really hard worker. She's very organized. She knows how to get people together to to do that stuff. And, um, we really want someone who's creative, somebody who can teach somebody who can do, you know, the technology stuff, social media stuff. I was like, Oh, (laughs) okay, well I, I better give this a chance. And so, I was like, hey, so I actually do all those things, um, and I like doing those things. And uh, next thing you know, it's a perfect fit. My wife kind of, you know, she knows it. Uh, we weren't even married at the time. She was my fiance when we were interviewing, and she was there in the interviews with me. And she did not want to move to Kansas at the time. And I wasn't going to say anything, but I was just like, pretty sure this is the best opportunity <laughs> I've ever had in my entire life. So just be open to it. And... Um, by the time we had even left, she's like, I just know we're going to be here. And it was tough for her to accept. I mean, she had a house in Atlanta, like she had her own house and we were really looking forward to moving into that house when we got married. And, um, it was just, she had, she already had a community there. She was, um, a part of a really awesome church and she had friends at church. She had friends outside of that community. And all that being said, it's still an even better spot for us here in Manhattan. And so we had to just have faith that that was going to be the case. And from what I picked up along the way and dealing with a lot of different things, dealing with a lot of loneliness, depression, relocation, um, which is like very traumatic to people. And, And even to people like me who have done it a million times, it just chips away at your like, 
you know, sanity sometimes because you just are so tired of moving. And to this day, I hate moving. Like if I, we're going to move again in the next couple of years, because right now our setup, we're, we're the, uh, residence hall supervisors. So we actually live in the girls dorm at MCC oh, gotcha. and we're going to move again eventually. Cause we're not going to do this forever. So whenever we start having kids and stuff, we're actually going to move. And I am just already <laughs> dreading that, even though it's like two or three years away. And I'm like, you know, we could just get a bunch of college students to move for us. And I could just maybe just leave town for like two days and they could just move everything for us. Like, I, it's just like a thing that I just hate. Um, and so all of that stuff that, that we went through and everything, and we've still been given such an amazing community here. Um, Allie was able to get a job here at the college and um, she is absolutely thriving and just really, really doing an amazing job with it here. Um, and so it's really just kind of like, a lot of patience um, is is part of what I've had to do, and um, really just trying to to see it through and, and trusting God, um, even when you don't really know what's going on. And as long as you are trying to just put yourself in the best position and figure out what's best for you, um, it's worth pursuing. It's worth um, getting into a healthy work environment, um, a healthy life environment. Um, and I really was like, I almost feel like I had to go through bad work environments or bad life situations to get to such a blessed life situation that I'm in now. Um, now you don't have to, <laughs> hopefully you don't. Um, but I think it just helps me appreciate it that yeah. much more, um, what I have since I've gone without it for so many years and really like the beginning years of my post-college like ministry career, um, so yeah, it's, it's really important. It's really important to make time, make sure you have time for self care and make sure you have like, make sure you're not falling into loneliness, isolation, that kind of thing. Cause that's one of the big things that will really, um, mess you up or get you more depressed, um, in some situations. So, yeah. I love hearing that about the story of just your life of just trusting God. You know, it's, you know, for, for some people, they listen and they're like, right now I'm currently not in the place that I always pictured or the place that I thought I would be in. I don't feel like this is it. Yeah. And for you, I mean, you said, you know, you wish you would, you know, you wish you could have met Allie sooner. You know, you wish that mm -hmm. you could have gotten to this, <clears throat> to this church and this community sooner, but you know, there may have been a reason, there may have been a purpose that was bigger than what you could have known. And, and you probably see a little bit of how it has developed you and, and how the circumstances have matured you or made you appreciate what you have right now even more. But then there's probably even more that you haven't realized that you, you may not realize until you get to heaven one day of just how the journey really was exactly what you needed and what God was wanting to do in your life. And so I love hearing that. And Love that you have given an emphasis this episode so far on just self-care. Yeah, that's not being selfish. I mean, I guess it's a good selfish. Like, you know, it's we need to yeah. be selfish in that way with self-care. And so I'm really glad that you talked about that. What are some resources? I know you mentioned counseling. Did you end up going to counseling? Is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah, man. So, hey, the number one reason I'm here, ladies and gentlemen, is to tell you to go mm. to counseling. I don't know what you're dealing with, but guess what? Talk to a counselor about it. They will crack open your brain and help you move some things around to where you can tackle it with 100% 
effort and effectiveness um, moving forward. So yes, I've been going to counseling. In fact, uh, right around when Jared started putting out these awesome podcasts, I was uh, talking to him and I was like, Hey, I really like the podcast. And now that I'm, so this is the other thing. It's sometimes tough to go to counseling until you have, you know, kind of your feet underneath you. I have health insurance, which is one of the main reasons I'm going to counseling (laughs) because I can now. Um, I had gone, I think I went to counseling in 2014, 2015 or 2016. Um, and then 2021 was the next time I had gone after that. So I went a long time. I went a lot of years, um, which would have been really great years to been able to have access to counseling. Um, so now I'm going to counseling to talk about those years. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's really great. Um, it's not, it's not weird. Um, it's really helpful. I mean, if you go to your counselor and you're like, Oh, this feels so weird. Well, they've already talked to like seven weirdos (laughs) that day who probably have worse, um, things that they're dealing with than you do. And so I don't know if that's encouraging or not, but I, I would encourage you to definitely give it a try. Um, and you know, not worry about, you know, seeming like you're needing help or anything like that. It's been a tremendous help for me. The first thing I went to go to talk to counseling about was that whole work thing where bad work environment and being forced to quit your job is really traumatic. Um, but then I kind of, I was like, I know what I'm here for. Let's talk about this. I was able to work through that in like one or two sessions. And now I'm just talking about like, Hey, so I sometimes get irritated when my wife asks me to take out the trash. What's up with that? Like, why am I irritated because of that? Like, am I just frustrated? Do I just need more rest and stuff? And so we talk about that and it helps me move forward and do better in some areas in my life that I just kind of need to, um, analyze a little bit and just kind of figure out why things are happening, figure out why that I'm, you know, reacting in ways that I don't like. Um, so it's just been really awesome. And, from going to counseling about four times, five times now, I think, um, I've already talked to my counselor about several things and he's got me on like a plan of like, here's a better way to make friends with people. Um, I moved a lot. And so making friends with people Mm. is tough. Um, it's like, I've got these friends like you, Jared, that are like, you know, 20 years I've, I've been friends with you or something like that, crazy like that. But then I have friends where if I'm not friends with you for like, you know, the first few times we meet, then I'm probably not going to be friends with you at all because I just have this like weird way of making friends. And, and so I'm, I'm talking to my counselor about that. I'm like, what's the best way to make friends? Cause I plan on living in Manhattan for a long time and I don't want to do the, I know I'm going to move in a year style yeah. of friendship. And so it's been really helpful just for that. Um, and yeah, we talk about like depression every now and then as well. Um, but really doing these other things, like working on my friendships, you know, making sure my relationship with my wife is going well, those things are healthy for me. Um, and they keep me out of a unhealthy state to where I would be more susceptible to fall into a depression, um, or any kind of unhealthy mental state. So it's, it's been really amazing. Go to counseling. It's awesome. Awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. No, I think I think that's <laughs> yeah. really I, we hadn't touched on that in in any of the episodes of, you know, it's not it's not always in counseling. It's not just this very serious, like, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets every minute while you're there. You know, sometimes you're you're hitting on topics that are related to your mental health, but you maybe maybe can't see the correlation, can't see how it's right. connected, but it is. And, and even if it's something like building friendships, I mean, that's a part of mental health 
And so I'm really glad that you brought that up. What do you wish that you would have in the beginning of your mental illness battle? What do you wish you would have known right in the beginning? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think just things like the isolation is a big one with um, depression, especially really any any mental illness. I think isolation can really get you in your own head and thinking that things are worse than they Mm -hmm. really are. Um, so having a community of people, um, if you're a believer, if you, if you go to church, like having a a church community that is going to encourage you to pursue God and pursue faith, um, that's, that's done better in community. Um, your own brain, like humans are built for community with others. We're gregarious by nature. And so, um, when we isolate ourselves, it doesn't help at all. Now I am, I'm an extrovert, but I'm like an introverted extrovert. So I get energized around people, but I also need to recharge away from people. Yeah. And so sometimes I go, I, I, I'm around people a lot. And then I just, I'm like, I'm going to recharge. And then in my, in my, my isolated recharging introvert state, I'm like, well, this is pretty good. I don't want to like risk anything by getting outside of this isolated state that I've found Mm -hmm. comfort in. Um, and so I can kind of just fall into that rut. Um, especially if, you know, with my career, like I moved around so many places and didn't know anybody. Um, and it was hard to make friends at first and it was harder to trust people initially because when you're like a pastor in a small town, like people really have weird expectations for you and you kind of have to just put up this front so that you don't get, you know, judged or, um, I've just had a lot of bad experiences with that. Like the way people, you know, perceive you and they, they say, well, look at this thing he posted on social media. Like, is he, are you sure he should be a pastor? Like stuff like that. And so like that kind of, it doesn't help to be in an environment like that. That's going to make you retreat into your isolation, but, um, really fighting through like the feeling of rejection to find more friends, um, that's one thing I'm working on is like, just cause your friend's not available that day to hang out. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to hang out with you. Keep trying. Um, so I have to fight stuff like that just to stay out of that isolation. Um, and even now that I'm married to Allie and, and we have, we spend a lot of time together, like lunch every day. Um, every, every morning and night we spend intentional time together as well. And so like, that's really great. But for her and for me, like we need to have our friend groups that we can get energized by as well. So, um, other than counseling, like I would say the thing that I would really want to know the most to do is to just avoid isolation. Mm, that's really powerful. I have to say, you know, it's, it is really difficult in, in seasons with mental illness to even just put yourself out there, you know, and sometimes that's the last thing you want to yeah. do, but it's the best thing for you. And so isolation can end up being one of those things that creep in and do so much damage on you before you even realize what all is happening, what all is being done. It can already have chipped away at you. Um, And so having that community that is checking up on you, that you're just living life with is so important. And especially if it's a group of believers, that's even better because they are viewing life in the same way that you are. I will say, and I, I wanted sure. to just point out, man, I love what you're doing. I love seeing the videos that you put together for the children's ministry and for the parents and love just seeing that you're in a spot right now where you're thriving and that God is, it's clear that God has you right where you need to be and uh, love 
just you sharing, you know, it is really difficult. People have no idea what it's like to work in a church and expectations from people and how people view what they think you should and shouldn't do as a pastor. Man, it's it's really difficult. And that's why pastors, I always try to encourage as much as I can and have people encourage pastors because it's one of those things that it's it's a difficult, it's a very rewarding job to be in, but it's also a very difficult career because it feels like so much of your life is tied to your job in that sense. And so yeah, I always sure. say encourage your your pastors, encourage the ministers at your church as often as you can because they definitely need it. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for saying that. By yeah, the way. man. I I love seeing it. You're one of the most talented guys that I know, and so I love seeing the the content that you put out. But man, I'm so glad that you came on today's episode. Do you have anything else that you would say a last line or two that you would want to leave as an encouragement for everybody? Um, I mean, really to to just hit on like how much I. I love my community that I'm in and like my friend group. I have an awesome life group. In fact, I'm in like kind of two life groups right now because we kind of split up and we're going to like rejoin and stuff. It's crazy. (laughs) But anyway, shout out to all of my life group people because uh, that was one of the things really that that made me really know I was in the right spot Mm. uh, when I moved here because there was people who are, you know, similar age group, similar life stage as me. And we get together and we talk about like, the sin we're struggling with. And we're talking about like how we can be better husbands and stuff like that. And that is huge. Um, that has been really big. That's something I didn't really have in like some of the smaller towns that I had previously lived in. And so, um, that's a really big thing that like, even somebody for me that went to Bible college and was like, yeah, it's always important to be in a life group, be in a small group and like have your community and, you know, spiritual formation and all this (laughs) stuff and the stuff you learn in Bible college. But then you, you go off and you do ministry, uh, in some faraway place and you're like, well, I don't have any friends. So I guess none of that applies <laughs> to me. And it's like, no, it's still, you have to do it. So, um, big shout out to life groups and small groups everywhere. Um, keep, keep meeting with people and getting close to people and, um, not letting yourself be isolated. Um, so yeah, man, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I've really enjoyed all of your podcasts that you've done. I'm looking forward Thank to you, hearing man. some of the other ones that, that are going to come out soon. So keep up the good Thank work. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate that. You've been such an encouragement and support to me in this journey. And so your friendship means a lot and I've been so looking forward to having you on. So thank you again for taking the time to do this. Yeah, man, no problem. Everyone have a wonderful rest of your day or night, whatever it is, as you listen to this and know that you are loved by God and you are loved by Ben and I. We will talk to you later. I'll see you next episode. See ya. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with others so they can join us on this journey. I'll see you next time.